Hello there, welcome to the International Business Podcast. I'm your host, Leonardo Marlo, but let's make it simple and just call me Leo. In this podcast, I share my experiences and interview international professionals to draw lessons from the real-life stories. Coming up on today's episode. What am I doing with my money feels a bit strange. So that's also, I think it's just that, that tentative fear of, I don't want to be thinking about how much money I don't have. As an attorney, you have to poke holes in new situations. So you're sort of looking at the law and thinking to yourself, uh, what can go wrong? Michelle is a financial planner. She helps expats maximize their savings and investment opportunities while working away from their home country. But before doing so in Shanghai, China, she was an attorney in South Africa. Changing country, changing industry. You can find more information about Michelle in the show notes, including her LinkedIn page. Without further ado, let's jump into it. Hi, Michelle. I'm glad to have you on. Welcome to the show. How is it going? Oh, it's going great, uh, Leo. Um, thank you for having me. So, Michelle, let's get straight to it. Why would you define yourself as an international professional? Um, well, I'm actually from South Africa. I moved over here yeah, about eight months ago. Um, so that's obviously firstly why I would consider myself an international professional. Um, I also work in an office um, where pretty much everyone's from different countries. We've got you know, some Chinese nationals, um, we've got quite a few people from the UK, uh, someone from Norway. So pretty much our office feels like an international environment, um, as well as our clients that we, that we cater for. We cater mainly only for expats um, yeah, in China and throughout the world. So you know, the mindset that you have to have is pretty much Whoever you're looking after can be anywhere at any time. You have to be available 24-7 pretty much. So, yeah, so that's how I consider myself an international professional. Why is it important for expatriates to have options in terms of wealth management and financial planning? Oh, I think anyone should have it. <laughs> um, even I should. Uh, so pretty much from an expatriate point of view, being yeah, you know, in, in China or in Shanghai, you're in a very unique position. Um, many people have told me that uh, you know you're often either on a package where you're not, where you might be earning slightly more for the next three years, um, or your living expenses are slightly lower. So that presents a unique opportunity to to save. Um, also, expatriates. I mean, I didn't even know this until I moved into this industry. You have so many more options available because you're set up internationally. Um, so you might have investments back home, um, but now when you're working overseas, you've got more options that you're able to use. And I think it's just also just uh, anyone just wants that availability to search for new opportunities. If money is growing there, uh, you know, growing while you're working pretty much, you can start your own business, you can, uh, you know, explore bucket list ideas, travel anywhere, or just make sure that retirement, uh, life insurance, all those things are set up, your child education. So forth. So that's really why I think it is important to just have someone who's able to coach you and just make those opportunities available and find out what's happening. And this is leading me to another question, though. So why some expatriates, they do not feel this is important? Because I guess this happens as well. Uh, various reasons. I mean, many people have explained to me that it's not an idea that you really want to think about. Being young, a lot of the time, you a lot of expatriates that come over are in their in their thirties or forties, and they'll think about, you know, what I'll I'll 
worry about that when I'm in my 50s or 60s. I don't have to worry about it right now. And approaching those sort of subjects of what am I doing with my money feels a bit strange. So that's also, I think it's just that, that tentative fear of I don't want to be thinking about how much money I don't have <laughs> when I when I approach the situation. Um, or it could just be that people are really busy and you know, you often think I've got something set up with my company and I'm fine. But if you actually look at it, I think I did a, a test with someone the other day about I want to retire when I'm 60 and what's going to happen. And, you know, I want to travel the world and how much money I would need. And I was just like, what? I couldn't believe it. It, was, it ended up to be like something like 3 million rand. Well, obviously from the South Africa perspective. And I was like, what? I do not have that money right now. Before coming to China, you've been working as an attorney in South Africa for three years. Then you change role and country as well. So I will call this a double change, which is not an easy task, Michelle. Tell us more about the challenges you've encountered and the lessons you're learning along the way. I love I loved being an attorney. I, I think you can probably hear by how, how quickly I generally speak. <laughs> I'm generally, and I'm waving my hands around as we speak. But um, the type of problem that I face in terms of uh, the financial industry as a consultant versus a, I was an attorney in um, tax law and sort of really corporate cases is that as an attorney, you have to poke holes in new situations. So you're sort of looking at the law and thinking to yourself, uh, what can go wrong before the time? And you advise your clients on it, but they don't generally follow your advice, which is always very frustrating. <laughs> you're also <laughs> giving advice to you know a corporation generally versus an individual client. Um, whereas the problems that I face here is sitting down with someone and realizing their dreams and their needs at once and really coming up with a plan with them together, which is completely different. Um, it's, it's great. So I have a lot more interaction with people on a daily basis. Um, my working environment is obviously very different. I don't have to go to court here, but I do have to um, regularly go and see people and meet new people on a daily basis. And as well as the people that I work with, you know, they, they're pretty much from everywhere around the world. So that is completely different compared to, to being an attorney back home. Um, I've really learned to embrace people's cultures and not take offense to certain things that people do because, you know, everyone's from a different culture, so that's a bit different. And to just laugh at different situations that I, that I face, you know, yeah, yeah, in Shanghai or just trying to communicate points across to people. Oh, interesting. I, I loved when you said that before people weren't listening to your advice, but now they do. <laughs> so I think uh, this is very interesting, right? Well, I should hope so, yes. <laughs> and what are, though, the necessary skills do you have to be successful at business development in your role? So I'm in a lucky position that because we've been in China, or my company specifically has been in China for over 20 years, most of our clients are, do come from referrals. So the business development side is slightly different. You do have to go out and, and meet people, as I say, every, every single week. And some of it is obviously cold calling. So there is an aspect of perseverance and having a bit of hard skin <laughs> behind what you're doing because it's not great. But at the same time, you know, you have to really be willing to go the extra mile with any new connection that you make. So, for example, um, a lot of people I meet, I know quite a few recruiters and a lot of people I meet are looking for a new jobs. So I will try and get them connected to one another, even though I know that they're not going to become clients. But just because that's 
sort of the extra mile that you need to show people of what you're doing. Um, I think also just believing in what you do and what you what you're selling really makes makes a difference. I mean, you you are the person that people meet. You are the the face that they see behind everything. So I think that's really the different type of role in terms of business development, um, being dynamic and and you know going on with how you're connecting with people, especially through this COVID nineteen virus. Is it through LinkedIn? Is it through calling them up? Is it through just trying to make create webinars? All sorts of things like that. You named COVID nineteen, which it is something that is on everybody's mind. I mean, it is affecting everything right now. And specifically, how is it impacting the wealth management industry? Well, I mean, I'd love to say it's going fantastic, <laughs> but um, I think our industry has weathered it better than many other industries. Um, we were fortunate in terms of our, our planning and strategists told us near the end of 2019 because the markets were peaking to uh, advise clients some clients to move to cash anyway because we thought there would be a fall but we didn't obviously get no one could predict the COVID-19 crisis would happen so it has impacted us um, mainly from a perspective of our business is broken into two parts so we do business development is obviously getting a new client um, but we also do a lot of client servicing and now during this crisis, we've really become more of a client servicing um, industry because we need to give, give our clients information on a daily basis about what's happening. We've had to move funds very quickly to make people feel secure and safe. And um, for those who were sitting on cash and the new opportunities that have arisen, you know, we've been able to say, listen, would you like to, to go into this? Would you like to go into property, for example, that is now open? Um, would you like to go into bonds, etc.? So they've really, that's been a very client service <laughs> involvement now versus my business development role sort of sitting on the sidelines. But I am still doing business development, albeit more over Zoom, um, more technologically now. My first meeting clients will be mostly over WeChat calls if they're here in Shanghai, um, or we'll set up a Skype meeting. So that's really how it's been different. But I think we've, we're doing well in terms of just trying to adapt to the environment. I'm a little bit interested in understanding more the client servicing aspect that you just mentioned. Maybe, you know, I'm a salesperson, so I'm, I might be simplifying this concept a little bit. Is it about upselling to clients you already have, or is it also more? Well, no, client servicing would also be to a potential client, obviously. Um, the first aspect would be to current clients, and yes, Upselling would only be if it would be advisable. I mean, for now, a lot of people, we've actually said, you know what, just wait it out, depending on what position you're in. So that's really, really the difference. Um, what we do is we normally, we try and meet with clients, or we try and make sure the clients have an update at least every every three months. We've really up, up that now to like every you know, once a month because everything's going crazy. But in terms of newer potential clients, the client service that we'll give is we will allow clients to or potential clients to come in or to meet with us and keep them updated with new opportunities that are ongoing. So someone, you know, might be at this point in time be like, listen, I don't think it's the right time for me to start investing maybe right now. And we'll be like, you know what, it's okay. Let's touch base every every four weeks and make sure that you know you know what opportunities are available. So that's an ongoing thing. It's not just upselling as you said, it's also managing clients' expectations and fears. 
thanks very very clear now in terms of the impact that COVID-19 is having on on the business I'm actually interested in knowing how it is impacting you specifically what set of skills do you think you need to improve or maybe a new set of skills that you need to get in order to be successful in the coming months because I think that we all now understand that this new normality is not really a phase, but it is going to be a long period. So getting straight to the point, what, what is it that you must have to be successful in the coming months or possibly year? That's a very good question. Um, in terms of skills, I'm trying to think now, I think being more technologically savvy in terms of how to approach new clients. Um, it's being able to, you know, approach them at various uh, different levels, not uh, maybe through LinkedIn, maybe through more online seminars that are available, which is not something that I specifically needed to do beforehand. So my skills would have to be in terms of allowing those platforms to take place, especially for the next year, because we can't, you know, even though we are trying to host our own events again, we are cognizant of the fact that we can't have um, such a large group of people together. So we have to make sure that our groups are smaller. So that, that is sort of, a, you know, a lot more difficult to be able to entertain smaller groups, but then also using that online platform to communicate with people, have webinars, have question sessions, um, connect with people in other ways. So that would be, I think, the skill that I think you need the most for the next year. And how important is LinkedIn in your current role and possibly for people in general? Oh, I think LinkedIn is phenomenally important because, well, especially here in Shanghai, I'm not, I haven't, not sure where it's used around, how often it's used around, you know, everywhere around the world. But definitely, yeah, it's, it's your first point of contact for many people. Even if you do get a referral, it is, you know, you can tell someone, connect with them online and find out what their interests are. Um, and just really, it's that first touch base that you can have with them. I've also just seen that just your, your accessibility to different types of decision makers is just phenomenal over LinkedIn. Um, just being able to connect to each person, you, do, you start connecting. I mean, I came here and I had like 200 or 300 connections and I just got LinkedIn before I came to Shanghai. And now I have over, over 4,000. So I think it's just definitely a tool that can be used and should be used responsibly though. Um, businesses definitely i've got one final question i ask everyone who comes on the show and that is tell us about one memorable moment from your international career uh, michelle this could be the most successful the funniest the most catastrophic episode your pick um i think most successful is slightly more of a personal success as well as a, a career success was Moving uh, from South Africa, I had a very close group of friends and a close network in terms of being an attorney. And coming here, I was quite nervous as to how long it would take me to build that up. And I've just been able to do it so quickly. I mean, whether it's been through to social events, um, I, I do F45, I'm now part of a girls football league, albeit I'm very bad at it, but just being able to meet new people and go out there has been one of the greatest that I've had a funny story actually um, and the first I think it was three weeks that I was in Shanghai I actually met with another one of our clients at an information event 
I was working for my for my new boss, my new senior consultant, and we just like I didn't know what to expect of him working here. But when I met with one of his clients, he just you know just said that John Holland's been helping him for for ages, and that he's been going through divorce, but he's just so happy that his children's education is, is well looked after and he's got that peace of mind. And that really just hit harder to, as to why I moved industries. I didn't want to just help <laughs> corporations. I really wanted to help individuals. So I think that was the most successful moment for myself so far. I haven't had any <laughs> catastrophes so far. Let's holding fun. I like the idea that passing from helping or supporting corporations to helping and supporting individuals. I think this is a powerful thought if you allow me to say that <laughs> yeah well i hope so <laughs> so michelle before we go who should connect with you um anyone really like i said i want to build as many connections as possible and if i can help anyone on the way with whom i'm connected to whether they would want to hear more about me or about what i do that's great they can connect with me you know via linkedin um, or on our company website we also have a message board there. They're more than welcome to drop me a message. So you can pass from 4,000 to 5,000 connections very soon. I hope so, yes. <laughs> so, Michelle, I want to thank you for your insights. Thank you for joining us on the International Business Podcast. Oh, thank you, Leo. It was, it was really great speaking with you, and I hope you have a lovely evening further. Subscribe today to listen to more international business stories, guests coming on the show every Monday. Do not forget to connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find the link in the show notes. I'll speak with you again on the next episode.